Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Today comes from 2 Samuel chapter 16. This chapter falls within the larger narrative of David fleeing from Jerusalem. As a pincer movement, the forces of Absalom are closing in from the south and to the north. Absalom was in Hebron, which is south of Jerusalem. And we know the men of Israel are arrayed against David, and they're on the side of Absalom. And so they're closing in, and David flees Jerusalem. And we see this sad story of the different people passing before David. All these people loyal to him. He runs into Hushah, the archite. And David informs Hushah to go back to the city. And he will be a spy for David. So we'll see that pick back up in the next chapter. We see David instruct the Ark of the Covenant to go back to Israel or go back to Jerusalem. And David is walking out in mourning, as one in mourning, barefoot and destitute with his head covered. He crosses the brook Kidron. He climbs the Mount of Olives. And he comes to the crest of the Mount of Olives. There at the crest of the Mount of Olives was probably a shrine where the people of Israel would worship. Later, this would be the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus would go to him Thursday before he was crucified. So there's David coming across the crest of the Mount of Olives. And this is where our narrative picks up. Now I want you to think about so far the characters David has come in contact with. Who is David meeting and and what does this symbolize? It's really interesting. I'd also ask this question as you think about the narrative. How does David's life connect to the life of Jesus? You're going to see a lot of typology, these connections and shadowy types where where David in some way uh, foreshadows some of the things that are going to happen to Jesus later in the New Testament. Let's read through chapter 16 in its entirety and then we'll talk more about it. When David had passed a little beyond the summit, Ziba the servant of Mephibosheth met him with a couple of donkeys saddled bearing 200 loaves of bread, 100 bunches of raisins, 100 of summer fruits, and a skin of wine. And the king said to Ziba, why have you brought these? Ziba answered, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride on, the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine for those who are faint in the wilderness to drink. And the king said, Where is your master's son? Ziba said to the king, Behold, he remains in Jerusalem, for he said, Today the house of Israel will give me back the kingdom of my father. The king said to Ziba, Behold, all that belonged to Mephibosheth is now yours. And Ziba said, I pay homage. Let me ever find favor in your sight, my lord the king. When King David came to Baharum, there he came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. And as he came out, he cursed continually. And he threw stones at David and all the servants of the king David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right and his left side. And Shimei said as he cursed, Get out, get out, you man of blood, you worthless man. The Lord has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, your evil is on you, for you are a man of blood. Then Abishai, the son of Zeruah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and take off his head. But the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruah? If he is cursing because the Lord has said to curse him, curse David, Who then shall say, Why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my own son seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjaminite leave him alone and let him curse? For the Lord has told him to. 
It may be the Lord will look on me and the wrong done to me, and the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing today. So David and his men went on the road, while Shimei went along on the hillside opposite him and cursed him as he went and threw stones at him and flung dust. And the king and all the people who were with him arrived weary at the Jordan, and there he refreshed himself. Now Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with him. And when Hushai the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king, long live the king. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is your loyalty, is this your loyalty to your friend? Why have you not gone with your friend? And Hushai said to Absalom, Know for whom the Lord and his people and all the men of Israel have chosen, this I will be, and with him I will remain. And again, whom should I serve? Should it not be a son, as I served your father, so I will serve you. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give me counsel. What shall we do? Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house, and all Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench to your father, and the hands of all who are with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and Absalom went in to his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Now in those days the counsel of Ahithophel gave was as if one consulted the word of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel esteemed by both David and by Absalom. So much that we could talk about in this passage. We meet Ziba again. Remember, Ziba was the steward of Saul's household. David was looking for a descendant of Jonathan that he may bless, and they called Ziba. And Ziba had been over all the household holdings of Saul. And so Ziba is commanded by David to take care of Mephibosheth. So David asks Ziba, where is Mephibosheth? And Ziba lies to David. Ziba's really a crafty character in this narrative. He makes all this up about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was actually the loyal servant of David, but Ziba is jockeying for position. Ziba is playing his cards either with David or Absalom. You'll notice that Ziba will not go with David in the wilderness. He'll return back to his city. But he's trying to set himself up that if David is victorious, Ziba will be taken care of. So he brings him all these gifts and, and all these things to take in the wilderness. But he doesn't go with David because he's going to wait it out and see how this, thing's, this thing ends. So Ziba is kind of a crafty fellow and he's deceitful. He's not a good guy at all. And he's really uh, hurting Mephibosheth in this case and, and bearing false witness. So that's an interesting part of this story. Then David comes upon a city of uh, the, the tribe of Benjamin. And he runs into Shimei. And Shimei is a descendant of Saul. He's a Benjaminite. And of course, he hates David. Uh, this tribe of Benjamin would have issues because Saul was from that tribe. And so there's this animosity still there with the house of Saul. This has not gone away. It's been many years, but they're still angry about what's happened or what happened to Saul and his household. And so Shimei curses David throws rocks at him in dust and in outrage. And it's interesting, we should be shocked that Abishai's reaction is, let me take off his head. It seems to be that's Joab and Abishai's uh, modus operandi. They uh, always want to go the violent route. And so David does something really interesting. He says, listen, let's, let's don't kill this guy because he may be from God. Maybe this is a message God is giving him. I can't help but think of Gamaliel in the book of Acts. If you remember, he stands up and gives counsel after uh, Peter and John had been told not to speak anymore in the name of the Lord. And this persecution is arising against the church and the Sanhedrin. 
Gamaliel, this wise teacher, stands up and says, listen, guys, if this movement of the church is from God, you're kicking against the goads. You're, you're, you're actually going to push against something that you cannot stop. And so David, in, in the same sense, says, listen, if this is a message from God, who am I to tell this guy to be quiet? There's this humility in David where David's like, you know what, I'm resigned to the fact that God will judge uh, this fellow. I'm not going to kill him. So we see some of the, the goodness in the character of David here when he refuses reciprocity against this fellow. But this next episode is, is pretty ugly. Absalom shows up in Jerusalem, and Abishai is a pretty smart guy. Abishai's counsel is so well regarded by David and by Absalom that it's almost like God is talking. When, uh, Abish, or when Ahithophel tells them to do something, they're going to listen to Ahithophel. Now, the first part of this, with Ahithophel's advice, his advice is, there's some revenge here. Ahithophel is the grandfather of Bathsheba. It's so on the very top of the roof where David looked down upon Bathsheba. Ahithophel has told Absalom that he should take the concubines of David and, and lie with them. And in a sense, Absalom is, is showing the kingdom that his father is no longer a potent king at all. He's emasculating his father in, in front of all of Israel. But Ahithophel is very smart. Not only is this his own personal vengeance against David for what happened to his granddaughter, but also he realizes when Absalom does this, it will anger David. You see, there could have been a truce. Maybe David could have come to some type of agreement with Absalom and, and solidified power and given him a, given him a position of power, so to speak. But when Absalom does this, there is no turning back. It's kind of like the burning of the ships. We're not going back. This is going to be a full-blown rebellion and civil war. So Hithophel knows there needs to be this decisive event that happens that will seal the deal. And so this sleeping with the concubines is what will do it. And it's interesting, Hushai shows back up into Jerusalem and Absalom actually falls for the ruse. Now David will have a spy right there in the household or in the kingdom of Absalom. And he will subvert uh, the testimony of Ahithophel. He will cast doubt later in his testimony. So it's going to be an interesting and intriguing thing that's going to happen with Hushai the Archite there as a spy for David. So there's a lot of things we can look at and learn. But there's just a few things I want to show you that are really cool about this narrative before we run out of time. Think about this. This is a reversal of the life of David. David's life is disintegrating. If you, if you look at this progression of people that David runs into, there's five scenes that happen that go back to chapter 15. First, David, as he's leaving, like his, the pageant of his life is passing before him in reverse order. So just kind of walk with me through this. You've got the members of the royal household, first in chapter 15, pass before David. So it's kind of a, an unraveling of his kingdom. Then Zadok with the ark. Remember, he brought the ark to Jerusalem. Now he passes the ark on the way out. So he's kind of losing the ark, so to speak. Then Husha, who, who appears later in the narrative. Then Ziba, the steward of Mephibosheth. Then Shimei, the member of Saul's household. So we have this backwards movement of the story of David. It's actually going in reverse. And it's starting, and this is in his 40th year of his reign, this is all occurring. So his, his life is turning back upside down again. And also I want to show you the connections with the life of Jesus. Just listen to these parallels and see if these make sense. David crosses the Kidron to the Mount of Olives. 
And Jesus does the same thing in John's gospel. The ark is returned back to Jerusalem in the narrative of David. But then Jesus leaves the temple in Matthew 24. Ittai, the Gentile, is with David. Joseph of Arimathea, who is a Gentile, is with Jesus in Matthew. We have the betrayal of Ahithophel, which was probably cutting to David. Then we have Judas's betrayal of Jesus. Ahithophel will hang himself in chapter 17. Judas hangs himself in Matthew 27. Mephibosheth appears to fall away from David. The disciples do fall away from Jesus. Shimei of the house of Saul taunts King David, and the Jews taunt Jesus on the cross. So you have these uh, foreshadowing and these connections to the life of Jesus that are fascinating in the life of David that, that are connected together. But it's interesting now that David in his life has kind of come full circle, hasn't it? As David goes out in the wilderness. But one thing we can see from King David is his nobility and his humility. How he deals with Shimei, he shows great grace and magnanimity. He shows the, the true character of a king after God's own heart. And as I talked about in my sermon Sunday, you're seeing a transformation in David, a humbling of David. David had become a mere shell of himself, but David is going to find himself again and find his devotion to God as he goes back into the wilderness as everything's being stripped away from him. Well, I appreciate you tuning in today. I know this is a lengthy reading and a lot to throw at you, but I appreciate you listening to this podcast. It means a lot to me, and I hope it is blessing you in your walk with Jesus each day. Thank you.